0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Puzzle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Start a Puzzle. Matt DeCourcy here with Cooper who will be sitting in for Matt Watson today.
1: Cooper, what's up? What's up? Day three is setting in for the other Matt. Feels pretty good. Yeah,
0: and, and uh, thank you for that. Are and pun intended. Are you ready to close out this three-part series with a little discussion on closing sales?
1: I am. I am. Yeah. It's it's either the the hardest part or the easiest part, depending on who you are and what you do, depending on how you get there. Yeah. yeah. You know what's really easy, actually. And before we get
0: started, what's really easy is going to Fullscale.io and learning about how they can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. I say they, meaning we. Yeah. That's full skilled to own the podcast. Um, but it is pretty easy. You know, and it, it, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's it's really true. So we'll, we'll help you close a sale with you buying some stuff from us if that helps your business. Um, all right, look, this is this is the most anticipated. We fully expect that you are listening to this without having listened to the other two episodes that uh, occurred Prior to this one, because this is, once again, a three-part series, you look for the prior episodes in the feed about prospecting for sales, uh, qualifying leads, all of it. Uh, and I do recommend that you go back and do not put the cart before the horse. But the reason I know that people are going to listen to this before they listen to the others is that salespeople, we just always love to jump right to the close. And <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, now I'm going to go ahead. Now, spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, people, because I'm going to make, if you only listen to a couple minutes of this show, I'm going to demystify closing more sales for you right here at the top. I was going to save this to the end, but dude, I'm just going to jump right in because yeah. there's one thing that I've learned after being a successful salesperson for decades, and that's that you have to ask for a sale ask. Yeah, absolutely. Sales don't close themselves. Ask, ask for the sale. Now we're going to talk more about what that means in different ways to do it, but I'll tell you what, if you're not talking to your prospects, your potential clients, to other people, if you're not at regular, if you aren't well attuned to the importance of asking for what you want and forget it, who cares if you're even selling services in life, if you do not become a person that asks for the sale or asks for what you want, I guarantee you're going to have a harder time getting it. It's that simple. Yeah.
1: yeah you'll so get
0: for sure. Yes. Yeah, so to clarify the notes that I have here under closing sales, number one, ask, ask, ask. In all. Caps. So now, now we'll give you some more specifics related to that, and you know, I mean, Cooper, what do you have to say about that comment as we roll in?
1: I mean. I think the most important thing, at least for me, is it is not just tied to kind of like you alluded to, it's not just tied to actual sales. Like I am I I like the the term and the idea of micro closes. And so it applies to it applies to life and it applies to you getting those those little wins throughout the sales conversations that are what we consider micro closes. Like That first cold call, getting a meeting set, that's that first, that's the first deal you closed was getting that meeting set. And so I think it's, it's important to to look at the sales conversation like that. And a lot of what you, what you want in general is to get those, those baby steps, those micro closes.
0: And those are those little hash marks in the, in the whole timeline of your sale, you know, and, and as previously mentioned, if you're qualifying the right people, you're asking the right questions, you're presenting the features, advantages, and benefits of what you're selling. Mm-hmm. You're going to find that this last part, which is closing, um, is, is a lot easier. Now, how do I know about closing sales? Well, for starters, I used to be a sales trainer. So, um, and I used to, I would do the, uh, the sales training presentation, and I had kind of come into this role at a previous company. I'd become fairly well-known for being a top salesperson and everyone wanted to know, they wanted to know what's the million dollar closing line. <laughs> and I used to, I, at the end of my, at, at the end of this training session, I used to, uh, that I used to put on, I would build it up. I'd take a couple minutes and like get everyone on the edge of their seat. And then I'd, and I'd get them to lean in and I'd go, so do you want to go ahead and get this? There it is and that was the it closed it. millions of dollars of sales with just that and, and you you sense this collective sigh of like letdown yeah and also relief because well a, they did I did build it up to the point but it was intentional and it's because there's not a massive amount of science that goes into closing most sales it's very simple it is about asking, but that right there, having done the steps prior, made it pretty easy to sell stuff. So yeah. now I'm going to give you some more info. So I'm going to let you lead off since since you are you, you we made you do the research and put the show notes together. So right. I'll let it, by all means, sir, proceed.
1: Well, so it is interesting, um, and it's related to what you were just saying. So my sister actually just uh, Accepted a, a sales role at an insurance company, and this is her first sales role. And she's coming to me like, "How do I like? What's what's how do the I trick? Like, what, what, like, you know, h- how do I get this done?" And it was one of those things where it was like, she was a little bit bummed out that there weren't that there wasn't a secret to it. It was just you set up a process and you follow it, and you ask. Yeah. People, some very specific questions. Yeah.
0: So all right, now when it comes to selling now this is the thing is you can't really you can't really bundle up a silver bullet solution for closing or completing transactions because it's so much different across industries. You're going to, you know, like the for example and we work at fullscale fullscale.io our sales way different than uh, than a transactional sale, like we use it a prior example of selling a piano, um, which is truly transactional. We sell more of consultative and relationship type selling, where we really need to get to know our clients because we're going to be involved with them as well as our employees for a long period of time. Right. Uh, the needs are also a lot different. So, I mean, I think first you you have to, if you want to close sales, you have to start by. You, okay, do you actually understand the solution that you're trying to solve for your buyer? Because if you don't, you're probably not going to sell anything. I mean, and so so what does that come up with? You know, where does that play in? Now, if you're in a high volume situation, we use the example of of that need-based sale, like the AT&T store or whatever. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Asking people to buy stuff more and more and more, you'll sell more stuff. Um, I've had this theory that in a retail situation that any... Any organization could increase their sales by 20% overnight if they just taught everybody to say did you want to go ahead and get that Because people that are wavering it's about that little small percentage of people that are in between yes and no and you asking just they're like oh, all right fine yeah they just need to and- be the question. Yeah, and people are by nature quite indecisive when it comes to a lot of stuff. Now, if you're in a if you're in that high volume situation, you just got to train yourself to ask everybody. At you know, do you want to? Can, can we go? Do you want to go ahead and ring this up? Do you want to get this stuff like that? Can make a big difference. Um, now, in a lot of situations, you're going to run into the spot like I said where, well, at full scale, you know, our average clients, well, they have a lot of software developers on their team, and they pay a fairly sizable amount. Of money, But we don't have fancy proposals or things like that that we send people. We're able to pretty much outline it in, in what would be a normal-sized email, um, yep. but presented professionally and made it well understood. Now, if you have a more complex sale, then you're going to get into that whole presentation side of things. Yep. And there that's where, uh, for a lot of salespeople, sales live and die. Um, yeah. Now you know, like, I, I hate I don't want to see a 27 page presentation in which 23 of those pages I don't give a shit about, right. Um which is most difficult. and you know, like, yeah, now at the same time, if there are possible buying objections or things that you haven't satisfied up to that point, it, you might be able to answer some of those questions uh in a simple presentation. But overwhelmingly, I think, the majority of salespeople going, you know, in in this world are able to get a lot of that done via email and and simple other things. But if you look like a clown, right Yeah, it kind of represents what kind of service or product that the buyer could, could have, you know, that you're representing how you're going to do it. And keep in mind, it's the likelihood. Well, the likelihood that your potential buyers only talking to you is low. So if the difference between the choice between and, and keep in mind as well, oftentimes who you're talking to might be forwarding what you send them to someone else. And that could be one of the earliest or only impressions that the that the person making the decision has on you. So if your correspondence and everything looks like garbage, yep. well, I mean, so is your product or service.
1: Yeah. Now, hopefully by the time you get to this closing phase, you're not getting emails forwarded and you're in the room or on the phone or connecting with that person who's going to make that final decision. I would say preempting that is, is y- you need to be there before, you're actually, before you should actually consider yourself in the closing phase. Like, you're not really closing anything unless you're directly talking to the person that's going to be making that final decision.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Now you're a big believer in confirm this. Just a simple confirmation that you understand what the priorities are and the problem that you're solving.
1: Yeah, I mean it's something that I like to do at the outset, just to make sure that there is. It's it's almost like the the idea of um, taking away any objections that might come later on. And so you you're confirming timing, budget, and need. Really would would be the main three components of almost any proposal or, or solution or whatever you want to call it. And if you can confirm those at the front um, and and get that in agreement, and then you move into what it is you're presenting, however you present it, whether again, it's, you know, one of those 30 page documents that you don't really need to go through anything but three pages, or if it's a quick email, um, you, you can do that either way. And then at the end, whenever you go to ask, it it's a, a pretty smooth transition.
0: Yeah. I really want to emphasize that transparency is a good thing in these situations. Like, you know, and, and I mean, look, people want to buy from people and it, when you acknowledge some certain things or obstacles you may have to overcome, like get it out there, you know, talk about it. Cause depending on what you're selling, like you could make, well, we'll use full scale as an example. Again, I could sell something, but if we don't do a good job for the client and we recommend the wrong, team members or any of that they're not going to be a client for very long now on and there are much like any other business there are some things we do really well and some things we don't this is a good time to align the solution with their priority and their problems and be upfront about you know i don't know set your expectations in a reasonable way um yeah this episode is not geared towards any salesperson that just wants to make one fucking sale and forget about people afterward. Like, sorry, there's something else out there for you. This isn't the right episode for that. But, you know, overall, like you talk about, uh, you know, keeping in mind that it's the benefits, it's the solution. It's the, it's the problem you're solving, the pain you're relieving, Mm -hmm. the money you're saving or the sales that you're increasing is why people are buying stuff from you. And you know, in some cases, it could you know there are other types of things that are bought and sold that people buy for reasons of oh status, yeah. um, necessity, need, convenience, saving time, yeah. so on and so forth. But you know, from a business transaction, if if it's a B two B thing, uh, well, businesses typically aren't buying things from other businesses if they don't think it's going to help them sell more, spend less, or maybe do both. So you know now. As we prepare to record this, I really just wanted to make the whole episode about three minutes long and say, ask for the sale and do a hell of a good job on all the prior steps. Cause if you've done all of this stuff, well, you shouldn't be at the point where, where this is where you're presenting your ability to solve problems. But in some cases, if you're submitting a proposal, a bid, anything like that, you may have to prove that in a, in a way now be brief, be to the point. Um, don't work, don't word it up too much more than you need to like, get straight to the point, highlight what it is. It's very easy to create things like simple infographics or different stuff that Mm -hmm. timelines go to like canva.com and use it for free. Right. I mean, there's, I mean, it's not hard to, to class up a presentation if that comes down to it. Now, you know, one thing that we haven't really talked about too much is is the online close. And hmm. um, whether you're submitting an email or proposal or something, make sure that it's pretty clear about what what and how, you know, needs to occur to finalize a transaction. Um you know, I see people like literally like, "Hey, here you go," and there's no call to action. Okay, what if I want to buy this? Like, how do I do that? And um, other things too that should be clearly stated and understood are things like payment methods, payment terms, mm-hmm. um, and you know, so much of that. And that's that's stuff that you know, it, and that takes about four lines of an email or a document at most. To clarify because if you get to the point where you're asking for a sale and you've left a bunch of dangling objections and crap like that well first off you're going to lengthen the cycle of the sale and second off it's just you're gonna you're probably not going to close something if there's basic unanswered questions
1: yeah i mean if there's if there's a bunch of steps small steps that you didn't inform them of leading up to actually completing the transaction that's going to let them know that you weren't very detail oriented and they're going to, and they're going to start to maybe get a little bit of cold feet. It's there, there's a line that always stuck with me and it's uh, effective closing is accompanied by low friction. So if you if you provided all the necessary information and, and they, they, they know exactly what they have to do to be onboarded as a client, you don't have to, there's, there's really nothing left to do besides to, suggest that next step of becoming a customer and it should feel it feel a little bit more like a suggestion opposed to you being like opposed to being kind of like a daunting question to ask for the business if you've built so much value throughout your proposal and your discovery and your prospecting that question should feel like a no-brainer
0: so, you know, we spent some time talking about personality styles in the, in the prior episode. Now, if you, are a, if you are a somewhat introverted person, you have a hard time asking for the sale. Um, it's just part of it. And there's a psychology behind that that some people don't understand. Uh, you know, it's, you get to know people during the process. And, and uh, sometimes salespeople feel like they're going to offend someone by asking them to buy something. Mm -hmm. Now for me, that's completely perplexing because especially if you like came to a store or you inquired, of course you want to buy something. But, but like I said, uh, uh, is that something that many people have to overcome? Um, And it's, it's what causes a lot of people to not ask now in that same, in the same vein of personality styles, uh, give some consideration. If you know who the, the decider is, of all bad words, but you know, if you know who the decision maker is and if you, if that's an extroverted type a person, get right down to the point. Don't, 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 don't put too many details in like, look, here's the bottom line. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. Um, You know, this is a good time to present value, which is a benefit. Yeah. And stuff like that. Now, if you are, if you are, if you have identified that you're presenting or the decision maker is a little more type B oriented, that's a good time to have be a little more analytical and put some more details in. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm one of those people. I don't want to get to page 27. I'm not going to read. Well, I'll go I'll turn right to that last page, which is the bottom line. I'm not going to read the pages prior to it, or I'm not going to spend much time on yeah, it. Because
1: what, what's on that um, last page, right? It's going to be what the true impact is to the business. Yep. And that's all that people really care yep. and- <laughs>
0: Yeah, the same thing. And I want to include a little bit in here because, you know, I think that when people think about closing sales, they uh, they inherently think about like a face-to-face transaction. If you're a software business and you like, I'm telling you, you, if you aren't clearly defining the benefits and making it easy to figure out like what I'm paying for and what I get on the homepage, you're losing a shitload of users. It's just that simple. I, and you really are. Um, and you know, I'm a, the founder of gigabook.com. And, and at one point we had a bunch of people asking about our subscription rates, which is a huge red flag to me. Cause that meant if, if people assume that the one person that's asking is representing 99 people that don't, hmm. and those people are bouncing a confused mind, almost always says no. I mean, it's just simple psychology. Point, yeah. So it, I mean, it really is. If people are confused about anything, they they it's just natural to back off. And the more expensive something becomes, the the higher the likelihood of that. Uh, so, you know, if you are a software entrepreneur or startup, it, so at Gigabook, we put a calculator on the homepage. Just a simple calculator like that really demystified. We didn't think it was that confusing. And we thought we had stated it well, but when people were asking about it and regularly, we realized that there was an issue. We made a one minute, a simple one minute explainer video, put a calculator on there. The next day, people mm-hmm. quit asking. It took a while and, and they rarely ask now. And it's because we had, by the way, what caused that was we charge uh, per user, meaning like the user of the account who you're taking bookings and appointments for. And that was often confused with clients. Mm-hmm. So people that were were visiting, they're like, "Well, it's eight dollars per client. I have a hundred clients. This would be eight hundred dollars a month." And it's the furthest thing from it. Because so we had to, you know, kind of get down to the bottom of why people are saying no. Yep. And I think that that's something. Whether regardless of what you're doing, you look at a no the same way that an athlete looks at a loss or a missed shot. Why am I missing? Why am I? Why am I off? Why do they not buy? And and don't be afraid to ask people. That's what I was going to say. If they already said if they already said no and they're not buying <laughs> from you, fuck it. What's the worst thing they're going to do? Yeah, Hang up do the phone do. and you're not going to get the deal.
1: Yeah, you have nothing to lose. Actually, i i have I have no problem asking for uh, referrals if people, even if people say no, because it's like, well, it might not work. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, why not? You know, like if somebody says no, okay, that's great. But who do you know that? That like you just, you just set through an entire conversation around what we could do for you. Doesn't sound like it's going to work, but do you know somebody who could work for? Because to your point, yeah, I'll I'll, give you I'll give you an example.
0: Back to back to Gigabook, we were uh, we had a bid that we had put out for doing a major scheduling thing for the city of New York. Okay. Right. I I won't get too far into it, but like forty companies bid for it. We came in second which is the most heartbreaking phone call ever because you you know they're making a decision that day and you see the area code and you think you're getting the call. They actually, the state of New York calls to let you know that you've come in second and wants to make sure that you're still game if whoever won somehow doesn't work out, which wow. is the shittiest phone call in the history because it's like, it's like being fourth place in the Olympics, but yeah. But when, but when they called and, and uh, you know, I was like, Ugh. but I asked, I said, what's up? And they actually told us, they said, uh, your report generation is not anywhere where we need it. And I said, well, we could, I said, we could fix that. And they said, well, the person we gave it, who's already got a solution and we need to roll this out quickly. We took that feedback right away and built a report center over the next couple months which is highly used highly useful and that's the that's what i'm saying is like the same way an athlete watches game tape Mm -hmm. or tries to get better like knows teach you how to get to a yes um anybody that tells you, I got a 90% closing rate is probably full of it. But, you know, take a look at some of that stuff and figure out where you can get better. Um, When it comes to to completing transactions and closing sales, you really just have to look at that from a repetition standpoint. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, uh, it's when you hear no, that triggers my favorite four letter word and it doesn't start with an F it's next. All right, let's move on. Like, yeah. what can we do? How can we, how can we be better? But if you don't ask and you'll be, by the way, I, just practice asking for anything in life and you'll be shocked what, what occurs after, but it's a, it's, it's important to learn from that and you'll be shocked at what people tell you. They will be usually be quite open if you ask. Mm-hmm. So, you know, overall, like, yeah, I mean, that, that's a big thing. So, have you had a heartbreaking have you had a heartbreaking uh losing it at the finish line like i just described uh, Which, by the way that whole process took 6 weeks to get to so by the time that was the call like i was like ah oh.
1: yeah i i have uh i i won't disclose the the client name but it's a um a 100 billion dollar company um and it was at a in a previous role and they were considering using us for kind of a, a, project management as a service capability. And, uh, it was going to be uh, a multi-million dollar deal. And we came in, we came in third. Uh, and that was something that came from a cold call, uh, something that I worked on for about 16 months. And, uh, that, that last phone call of actually it was somewhat similar to the, to the gigabook deal with New York. It was like, we you're, you're on deck. So if something goes wrong, like we'll, we'll use you, but until then you get not one penny. So that was pretty hard. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. Those, those moments that happen to everybody and sometimes you can control them and sometimes you can't, um, you know, you just got to learn from them mm-hmm. and, you know, just know that you are more experienced and all the wiser. Um, yeah you know, and, and I know I said this at the beginning, I want to, and I'm just going to keep saying this. So you got, it, it's asking, ask, ask, ask. Um, you know, I, I think overall, and like I mentioned, it's so difficult to cover all types of sales, trying to give you some reasons to, um, another thing that I, I, all right, we had to delay recording this podcast because it somehow took me 15 minutes to pay for a mulch delivery for my lawn. <laughs> uh, I, I ordered online the prior night before, which it didn't take my payment. It just triggered a phone call, which, I mean, so the thing is, is like, is if you want to complete more transactions, I can prove to you statistically that the more steps that are needed for that to occur, right? the less you're going to sell. Mm-hmm. And that, that I mean, it is just simple, simple, simple. Make it easy to buy. Yep. Make it easy to buy. And that's different for all of you. Okay. So that could be a website that had less steps. It could be uh, sometimes when you're the salesperson, it's like, what can I do to make your life easier to get this transaction done?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: if, if you're not asking these questions, then you're going to lose sales because... Well, yeah. The weirdest stuff will prevent you from making a sale. And it could be as simple as like, well, all right. So RFPs, request for proposals Mm -hmm. for some industries are painfully bad.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And it's quite possible that someone doesn't, or, or depending on if you're trying to sell to the state or the government, you have to be approved as a vendor prior to that. And right. if that burden is there, like, is that what's getting in your way? I mean, there are sometimes the people that make buying decisions will literally make a decision. It's it's perfectly natural. We take the, the path of least resistance. We pick the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. So what can you do to be low hanging fruit? Like you need to make it easy. It should not be painful. I mentioned in the prior episodes, get rid of the obstacles that are between you and the cash register. Yeah. And we are really good as as business people and entrepreneurs in general are really good at building obstacles. (laughs) Like, Do you need to collect that info? Do you need to have that? A great example is the online store that you get your cart full. You just want to see how much it is with tax and delivery. Uh They want you to fill out 900 other things.
1: It's like, wait, I just want to see what that
0: number is. Well, and we'll use Amazon as an example, 54, like 53, 54% of all e-commerce. Why? Because it's really easy to buy stuff. Yep. Like really, really easy, like too easy, yeah. too easy. Yeah. But that has everything to do with it. Like if you've ever bought something on Amazon, because that was just the easier place to get it, then take that same mentality exactly. yeah. to yeah. your own business, to your own process. Where can I remove a step? And what where thing, how can I make this easier
1: yeah and I again, it goes back to what you're selling but whether it's more transactional or more consultative but if if it's consultative and you're and you've got a proposal, one thing that I learned quickly whenever I was in a role like that is if you just send it over email and you send up a twenty five page deck over email, that's where deals go to die. I mean, you need to forget have, it. You need to have that conversation over the phone while they look at that proposal for the first time, because just like you said, all they're going to do is go to that back page right away. Like, how much does it cost? And and what does that look like compared to my other offers? Whereas you need to set it up to where you are controlling the narrative of that proposal. So by the time they get to that back page, they understand why the numbers look like they look. And if you, and so if you're if you're in that type of role, you need to make sure and control that process. We also sh- shouldn't assume that whenever we are closing or we're, you know, we've got a verbal commitment, we shouldn't assume that the client knows what's coming next or or what those next steps look like. So that's something that is on the salesperson to take control of telling the client, like, hey, here's here's what typically happens next, and set those expectations. And as soon as you give that communication to that client over you know, after that conversation, then they'll, they'll do it. They know what they need to do.
0: If you spend enough time with me, you will hear me say, control the narrative. And, you know, that's not unique. I didn't invent that phrase, but basically what Cooper just explained was, you get to control what's said, and you know, like oftentimes with the presentation or whatever or proposal materials that you send, they're passed on to other people. You may have talked to one person, but there's five people in on the decision. Mm-hmm. By controlling the narrative, I'm going to give you a, a real modern way to do that. But you're if you've played that telephone game in school, where you the kid, you know, you whisper the story into the other person's ear, and by the time it gets down to the end of the line, it's a completely different set of information. Right. That's what you can end up with when you have group decisions. So I knowing this, and because it's so easy to do quality stuff these days, a few years ago for key things, I started recording videos. And Cooper, you've seen some of the ones that I've done and you can, they're really easy to do. Like and it can be done with an iPhone yeah. if you want and a little bit of thought. And and what I love about that is you truly get to control the narrative as far as like what you would say, how you would say it and what you've done. And I've actually found myself in deals that I might not have deserved or been ready to be in because I stood out.
1: Yeah. It's I was
0: the trip. only person that took that approach. And it doesn't mean that you're just like, you know, walking down the hallway at your house with a bouncy ass like iPhone video. I mean, I, you know, done them, done them somewhat well. Now, obviously, there's not going to be a big ROI if you're trying to make a $100 sale on that. But if you have a big proposal or a big sale you want to make, I mean, how bad do you want it? Yeah, how bad do you want it? And and so in those videos, like I make it pretty simple. And cover a lot of the stuff. Like, Hey, look, this is the problem. This is the problem you need to solve. This is how we're planning on doing it. This is the cost. Here's the benefits. And like in one case, I actually like said, Hey, look, so don't assume that the recipient understands the benefit and the value. But in one case I was talking to a location that had a lot, or I'm talking to a business that had a whole lot of locations and said, Hey, look, if my solution equates to one more sale a month, at all of your locations, you it, based on this assumed margin and this assumed sale, you will actually. It, it was like it was millions. It was millions yeah. of dollars.
1: That's a great statement and, to and make.
0: Just from one thing. So right. yeah, and the thing is, it's eye opening, and it also gets back to Cooper's point of showing that you're aligned that your solution and your and your offering is well aligned with the priorities and problems cuz in the end it's about making money for a business and it's not just like hey this and sometimes peace of mind goes into play there but yeah. eh, it's radical most big companies aren't like that's they're not like oh well this will provide a lot of peace of mind that, maybe that if that feels it feels good yeah Well, if you sell insurance, that might be decent, but you know, let's, I'd love to tell you that companies made better decisions with that, but you know, that's, I mean, that's a modern way to do it. I mean, I've got the brand new iPhone and I'm shocked at like how good the video is on it. Yeah. And you can I mean, it's not hard to do. And the beautiful part about making a video and sending it, you can host it different places. You can do a lot of stuff. It's not expensive. Is you get to do it as many times as you want till you get it right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has to see it until you do 50 takes.
0: Yeah. Be like take 50 and everyone's (laughs) yawning, but you can do that right there. It's really easy. And that's, so that's, that's, and that's kind of where I want to roll out on this is like, what can you do to make yourself stand out? Um, I think one of the things that we didn't mention in the prior episodes is also if possible, understanding who you're competing against.
1: Oh yeah. Now
0: some, some, some buyers or potential clients aren't going to want to tell you, Mm-hmm. and some will though. I mean it doesn't be, how many people and that was like for example we go back to that state of New York because at first I didn't bid on it because mm-hmm. I don't I didn't want they sent me like a like a 30 page request for proposal thing mm-hmm. and I and just honestly man like based on that particular product it was usually never worth filling that shit out right and the guy actually the guy in charge called me and he was like I noticed you didn't submit and he goes we really like your solution. I suggest you fill it out. So, you know, like, so I did. You got
1: that close. Damn.
0: Well, uh, yeah. But you know, the, the thing is, is like, you know, how are you going to stand out and what are you going to do to do stuff? But I had already done something to stand out at that point. And, and it just had to do with the customization and the capability and stuff like that. But are you highlighting your own strengths? Are you, Mm -hmm. are, are you, you know, and, and standing out can, come in a number of different ways yeah. depends who you're talking to so think about who your recipient is in some cases there's people that make a lot of money by being unique and being characters mm-hmm. uh, in some cases it's about being professional in other situations it's about your high attention to detail if you've been around if you okay so at full scale we have almost 200 software developers that work for us at the time of this recording yeah. that says we're doing something right we're not like hey we have four people here like It's what are your strengths? This is a good time to mention. Um, And, and, you know, we, we had referenced gigabook before prior to, you know, as we were still a startup, I, I had actually lost a different uh, RFP because we only had four people in the entire company at one point, it was a huge bid and they were like, Hey, we really love what you do. We're just not positive that you can support this across like 1200 locations. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going come on, let me try. Yeah, I'll and, figure it out. They, care. It out. they yeah. don't care. Yeah, it's not. It. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, figure out what, how, when, where and why. Now, when you create this stuff, a lot of this it can be repurposed. So, you know, the same information or structure or template or whatever, and I don't want you to get too templated with your proposals, but a lot of that stuff is reusable. So take some mm-hmm. time and make it decent, you know, mm-hmm. make it decent. Um, Another, uh, another modern way to do things. And and this is often referred to in the world of trying to find investment for your startup is creating what we refer to as a data room, um, which could be a simple uh, in Google Drive, could be a folder that has some supporting material or documents in it. So you don't have to send a 43 page proposal. Instead, you are sending a two pager. And you're referencing, Hey, look, if you want to find other supporting material or blah, 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 blah. And, you know, with that, try to link, provide, or give access to other ancillary information. Absolutely. Yeah. That that might be important to the people making the decision. So, yeah. So, so as, as we close pun intended again, as we close out our closing sales episode, I mean, really like, what do you have to say, man? Like, what's the, what's your, uh, do you have a million dollar lesson in here?
1: No guessing. Meaning like that. Do your do your scoping right to remove any level of guessing whenever you go close. And then that's also related to don't talk about anything at all in your closing conversation or proposal that you don't know they aren't specifically interested in so a lot of companies have a ton of things they can offer but they probably only need one maybe just one solution right now don't go in there with hey i know you're interested in this but we also think this this and this would work that's a that's a different conversation once you close that first piece of work that you know they're interested in because that's there's going to be shock, you know, there's going to be sticker shock value if you've got all these other add-ons in there, um, and it's just going to feel a little bit messy. So, just talk about what you know they're interested in, and then open up the conversation later.
0: Yeah, I think for to close out, and one thing we you know, for those that have maybe read or even seen a movie with sales, I often say after you ask for the sale, you shouldn't be the first person to talk. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's a, that's rule. a good one. That's a good, yeah. by the way, I've, 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 I have flexed that in life to the point where I've sat through some very, very <laughs> awkward silences because the person I was asking also knows that rule and didn't want to be the first yeah. person to talk and you end up just kind of looking at someone Yep. And almost to the point where it's it's comical because you you figure out the other you person knows you you're doing it. that,
1: yeah.
0: And, and then it, but it actually might help you sell something based on that. Um, right. I think you hit the nail on the head with no guessing. Um, Guessing's just like oh man,
1: gets right you in trouble if, you, right.
0: if you're if you're selling stuff at full scale, you get in trouble on that in a heartbeat. It just <laughs> yeah. well, a from me, and also like with a client because like you said, like. It, it businesses have a million things that they can do and focus on and being exact and pre- as precise as possible is important. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I started out the episode by saying, just, you gotta ask, I, I need you. And there's easy, if you're not good at that, um, you it, know, we used to play games around it. Like, yeah. Hey Cooper, you know, we just spent some time together. I mean, is there any way I can hook you up with some of the services we provide? Is that something you're interested in?
1: Cat, like, yeah, that's a casual way to go about that. You don't just as, gotta practice it, and it shouldn't practice cool. it in life everywhere until it's habitual. Yeah, just you know what is a good practice is just negotiate negotiate everything. Like I like to try to get a discount on everything I buy.
0: You know, you know, it's it's funny because in uh in in my book Balance Me, uh, one of the biggest problems that people have in life is their own finances. Yeah, and I offer I have an offer, and it's like. Just say, "Is this your best price?"
1: Yeah, just
0: on on, and 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 the and I've had so many people that have read that that have like commented to me. They're like, "Dude, I started doing that, and like it's just weird." You'd be surprised, but it's back to that asking principle. Like you gotta ask. I mean, it's the same, no matter what practice. I've been teaching uh, my daughter who's five and a half to ask for the sale. She's She's a a a natural salesperson. Yeah, Yeah, she she what?
1: She's a closer. I saw the lemonade stand. She's a closer.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a video I took when she was three and a half and she was overcoming objections and making a presentation and asking for the sale. And I didn't teach her how to do any of that at that point. I was like, whoa, this might be genetic. But, (laughs) um, you know, the main thing is, is like I said, it's just that practicing and understanding. I mean, too many people are afraid to ask what they want, ask for what they want. And whether it's just in sales or in life or whatever, I will tell you right now if you get in the habit of asking for you want for what you want and it doesn't work out for you eventually, message me, message me. And let's talk about why. Because I got to tell you, it's I mean, it is. It's like, just it,
1: what's the harm? Yeah.
0: What's the harm? And, and it, if it works out one more time than
1: when it didn't, guess what? You won. It was worth it. Yeah. And there are really easy ways to, I think people might scare themselves with actually asking for the business by thinking they have to ask, do you want to do business with me? You can, you can, I mean, another way to ask that is, uh, you know, is there anything at all that we didn't cover that you wanted us to? And if the answer is no, we're good, then you don't. It's respond that simple with, clarification. Yeah. And then you respond, you, know, with, and, yeah. you respond with, okay, I'll get the paperwork together. It's not another question. It's like, okay, you just let me know that I covered everything you needed me to cover. What else is there, there to do besides work together?
0: Well, once again, this is the, the, the close of our closing sales episode and our three part series. like, if you want to learn more about business entrepreneurship, a whole lot of other stuff, if you're not a regular listener, hang out. There's a lot of good information show comes out a lot. There's a whole lot of interesting, check out the feed because there's a lot of stuff about marketing sales, uh, a lot of really smart people and you know, the echo that resounds from all of them is that they know what they want. They know how to ask for what they want and they don't give up when they don't get what they want. So based on that, man, I got a lot of work to do. I'll see you next time. All right. See you. Startup hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. no do it do it, we do it, like we
1: do it.